Welcome to the James Spanish Show podcast presented to you by Mac Hard, Mac Hard Anderson and Associates PLLC. This is the second podcast of the week, our first Thursday podcast in this new schedule. By the way, if you don't know, somehow, we do have a new schedule. Monday and Thursday, making sure everything's recording. Yes, audio check. Yes, video check. Me, check. So in case you don't know, Mondays and Thursdays, you can find this show. It will happen every Monday and Thursday. I swear to God. Now, we have a packed show today. Absolutely packed show. Whew, man, I'm feeling good tonight. We are recording this late. We are recording this at 9.27 p.m. on a Wednesday night, which means this won't even be live until probably midnight tonight. So there's no telling what we're going to get into on the show we got a lot of topics. We're going to talk more WAP. We're going to talk Joe Biden's running mate, schools, uh, Kylie Jenner, college football. We're going to talk about it all. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me. I'm drinking. I usually have a coffee, but it's so late I have a glass of water, and I forgot to do my dishes. I had a load of dishes I was preparing to do before I left the studio earlier, and all I have left is a wine glass. So you can see if you're watching on YouTube, I'm drinking water out of a wine glass. The pandemic is hitting hard. The pandemic is hitting hard. Um, if you don't know this about me, we used to do a show called The James Comet Experience, which then was called Your Week with James Comet on YouTube. It was a play on a weekend update from Saturday Night Live. And I would just top, I would, it was kind of like a podcast. I would run down topical events, I would just kind of like write stupid jokes or whatever. And we don't we don't do that anymore. It was very very time consuming, but uh, it was one of my favorite projects that I ever did. And I came across a news story. This may not be good in today's climate, but I came across a news story, and this this is exactly how I would have done the joke. And I'm going to do it live for you here, and uh, then we'll get to the podcast. But this this is it, it shows you what a different time it was that we could even make jokes like this. Uh, so let's let I, I haven't written the first part of the joke. I know the punchline, so we're just gonna go through it. But uh, so here here we go. Here we go. We're gonna start off. This might be a new segment called uh, rough drafts or something. These are these are jokes that would have been in the drafts. Robin's Wish is a show on Netflix about Robin Williams's life and the final days of his. Like if we were right, let me let me take it into the mind of the mind of the maniac. If I was writing this joke, well, let's just go through it first, and then I'll break down how it would have went. Okay. All right, here we go. Robin's Wish debuts on demand and digital September 1st, 2020, produced by Netflix. Robin Robin's Wish tells the powerful true story of actor-comedian Robin Williams' final days. For the first time, Robin's fight against a deadly neurodegenerative disease known as Lewy Body Dementia is shown in stunning detail through a gripping journalistic lens. This incredible story sheds an entirely new light on the tragedy, beauty, and power behind the mind of one of the greatest entertainers of all time. The six-episode series debuts September 1st, 2020. Man, I tell you what, it sounds fantastic. Can't wait to watch it. I sure hope the final episode doesn't leave us hanging. That would have been the joke. Now look, I'm no saint, okay? I'm not proud of everything that, that happens in the brain. And so this is this is in the mind of the maniac. This is how my writing process would have been for that joke. 
I would have made the actual, like how we read a ton of stuff, like, you know, the powerful true story. I would have used a lot of adjectives, uh, gripping journalistic lens, incredible true story, uh, shines a new light, tragedy, beauty, power. I would have had like this super long description, this super flowery um, kind of opener. And then we would have had that at the end there. And then I made up the six episode docuseries so that then that kind of leads into the final episode leaves you hanging. Don't have to explain the punchline, but that would have been, that is like a cookie cutter for the kind of jokes we used to do and opening the podcast with that. I'm sure a ton of people have already turned off. So if you made it through the Robin Williams joke to start the podcast, welcome to the James Kermit show experience. And again, we are presented to you by MacCard, MacCard, Anderson and Associates, PLLC. Nothing. I, I bet they are feeling damn good about the uh, sponsorship after the show leads with that. How are we doing, guys? How the hell are we doing? This is... It's unprecedented times, man. Every podcast, we kind of start with the same the same notion. You know, we're... We are really every single day... And this sounds crazy. This sounds very dramatic. But every single day, we are wading deeper, deeper into uncharted territories. We really are. And, you know, that's not me being grandiose or that's not me, you know, talking about, you know, just kind of over-dramatizing what's going on around us. But, I mean, really, every minute, every second, every day, every week, every month now, we are in the jungle. I mean, we, we, we're just kind of walking through a situation that none of us have ever been in before. Our governments have never seen before. Our leaders have never seen before. Society has never seen before. And we're trying to figure out how the hell to, to get through it. And, you know, it's not getting, it's not changing at all. Um, we're now, let's see, March, so March, April, May, June, July, August. We're at five months into this quarantine, into this thing. You know, I hear from people all the time, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, uh, phone calls, text messages, whatever, with their kind of side effects, we'll call it. And, man, I feel different ones every day. I really do. Something I've noticed recently uh, is... This idea that, like, not being alone, not the idea of loneliness, but the idea of we're all just kind of out here, you know, especially if you live alone, where, yeah, you have friends. Like, I'm sure you have a ton of friends, but when's the last time you saw your friends? When's the last time you really talked to your friends? I mean, how many how many text messages can you send before you're like, man, I, I don't know. Like, it almost feels like we're all in our own isolated game. We're all playing a game of solitaire. And uh, it's an interesting universe where now everything, all the scope is shrinking. We used to have these huge universes, social media and you know, video and uh, what, what your job, your office. You went there, you had your family, you had your friends, you had the bar, you had restaurants, you had this, you had sporting events, you had travel. This big grand world. And now it's shrunk. And for some people it's shrunk to like a 1,200 square foot area. For some people, it's shrunk to a house. I mean, I, I can think of, seriously, in quarantine, for the last five months, I can think of probably 10 places I've been, 15 places I've been, just kind of a rotational 15 places, thinking about a store, your office, parents' house, your house, uh, maybe like a, maybe a restaurant to get a to-go order, gas station, you know, stuff like that, it's like, if, you, if you've really been quarantining, it is a small bubble. 
And I just want to, you know, remind everyone, good Lord, take care of yourself. It is a crazy, crazy time out there. I say that because we're wading into the uncharted waters of school. So school is reopening, or schools are reopening, or schools are trying to reopen. Uh, Where I am locally, uh, schools started trying to open this week. When they made the announcement, I thought, this seems much. You know, it seems rash that we're like, yeah, all right, we're canceling the NFL season. We're canceling. uh, We're trying to delay the election. uh, We're canceling. Google has canceled all employees coming back to the office. Uh, Amazon, no, no employees are coming back to the office. Oh, but let's send the schools back. It's like, man, that's not really adding up, is it? We're shutting down restaurants. We're shutting down bars. We're shutting down gyms. We're shutting down everything. But send the children in. It's like, man, I don't know. That's. It doesn't seem like it's too smart. And then immediately, I was having a private conversation, and uh, I told them, I said, I'd be surprised if it lasts a month. Uh, Within the first week, we've already seen closures locally. Almost every school is closed now because of uh, coronavirus scares. Here's a headline. Georgia School District quarantines over 900 students and teachers. Uh, Schools, this is not looking good for the school. And it makes sense. Look, I mean, we've... It's not that we... I don't, and and some places are delaying. Like Louisiana has delayed schools, I think past Labor Day. Uh, Mississippi, where the studio is and where we're home based. Uh, We just said YOLO, send them back. You know, Mississippi cares about our educational system. Everybody knows that. Racial intolerance and education, Mississippi for life. Um, But, you know, it's tough because I I don't want to, I'm not going to sit here and say, do not open the schools. I'm not going to sit here and say, schools should not be opened. But it's really hard to both be wary of the coronavirus and be and say, look, we need to take precautions. We need to mask up. We need to quarantine. We need to do this. Don't go out. Don't go in public. Uh, you know, be careful. Wash your hands. And then say, send hundreds of, sco- of students in the classrooms and tell teachers, good luck. And then send those students home. And then, you know, I mean, it's just a, it's a, the ultimate can of worms. And really, it, this, this is another thing. When you're in a pandemic, and I, and we've talked about this before, I think I'm going to get a shirt that says we've talked about this before because I feel like I say it a thousand times in every podcast. I'll say like, we talked about this before or last week on the podcast or I've said this before on the podcast. We're doing so many podcasts that I feel like everything is just a continuation of the last podcast. So I'm really trying to not do that. But think about if you're in school, right? And you're in like algebra class and chemistry class and history class or something and you're surrounded with this pandemic it's like look man it's really hard for me to give a shit about the uh the the pythagorean theorem i don't really care about trying to to, to find the value of x right now there's people bleeding in the streets there's like uh, olympus is falling all around us the walls are crumbling down tom hanks is a greek citizen and and the uh, age of consent in greece is 15 do you think that's a coincidence and they're trying to teach you how to discover what y equals i don't care what the square root of y is the only why i want to know is is you know why why is kevin spacey in london why why is Ghislaine maxwell in a in a in a prison right now why is jeffrey epstein not being investigated as far as his murder well that's the y-axis i'm trying to find I don't know what y-axis you're trying to find, but I'm trying to figure out the y-axis of why they bulldozed Sandy Hook Elementary School a month after the shooting. Somebody to give me the answers, okay? I don't need a calculator to, to figure out that there's not a camera or that there should be camera footage of the plane hitting the Pentagon. You, you know what I'm saying. 
I mean, let's think about it. What subjects should be in school right now? What subjects should be taught in school? Or let's just start with what subjects are being taught in school. We've got algebra, we've got chemistry, we've got English, um, you know, your, your sciences. You might have some anatomy thrown, up, thrown around in there. Uh, I, look, students are already learning enough anatomy from Meg the Stallion and Cardi B's uh, WAP music video. They don't need anatomy class. Just show WAP 650 times in a row, and kids will know all they need to about uh, anatomy. We have OnlyFans for anatomy. Let's think about the new subjects of school. Let's think about who should be teaching. Let's, let's, let's actually do this. What if we eliminated school and all students just listen to my podcast or watch my YouTube channels or, or caught my stream where we stream live uh, every single day? What would they be learning? They'd be learning the important things of life. TikTok. They'd be learning the important things of life. Uh, you know, like I said, the, the, what are the classes called? Uh, Sandy Hook Explained would be one. The next one is uh, Jet Fuel Doesn't Melt Steel Beams 103. The next one, Why Is Tom Hanks Running? Uh, 215. That's an advanced class. You got to learn a few things before that. The next class, uh, what does the Catholic Church do with all their money? Like we, we, those are some of the classes that you get to. The next class, uh, in-home workouts. Next class, how much creatine should you take if all you do is push-ups? There you go. We're like we're getting there. We're getting there. We have we have like shop class. We have home ec class. Our home ec class. Home ec class. Is that it? Home ec? Yeah, home ec class. Uh, how to shop at the grocery store for the same six items for five months in a row. Boom. Eggs, Cheerios, uh, almond milk. Oh, that's another class. Why are you still drinking regular milk in 2020? Imagine drinking regular milk in 2020. Like all these cla- This is what people need. This is what we need right now. What else do we need? Um, how to bury your money in the backyard when the uh, currency of your nation falls apart in front of you. Things like that. Like th- those are... Those are what we need in the school systems. We don't need to send our, our kids back to these Petri dishes to get coronavirus, to bring it back to the household so they can do a book report from, from, from something Mark Twain wrote. I don't care what Mark Twain wrote. I need to know what Charlie and, D- and Dixie D'Amelio are doing on TikTok. That's where I'm at. You know, I don't need to know about uh, the assassination of, of Abraham Lincoln. I need to know about Jake Paul being arrested. Why is the FBI raiding Jake Paul? Let's talk about that. Let's, let's go down that rabbit hole. Right, that's that's where that's. I mean, look, if you're list, if you're you know listener, what do you think? What subjects would you put into school? What subjects should people be learning right now? It's really difficult to fake your way through this life right now. It's really hard to fake your way. And look, we're we're speaking in jest about mm, some of that, I guess. I'm not really sure which part. Some of it in jest. But it is hard to do these things like school and to act like everything's okay when things aren't okay. And even if you're saying, you know, I'm not even talking about the virus. I'm talking about just everything else. This quarantine has changed the psychology of people, bottom line. And when I say things aren't okay, I don't mean everyone's depressed. I don't mean everyone's suicidal. I mean, look. Shit is different right now. You have I haven't seen, you know, like think about the stuff on a really small level. I haven't, or you, I'm sure you haven't either. Buffets, I haven't in the last five or six months. Movie theaters don't exist. Like cert, certain things that we have had for our entire lives, poof, don't exist. Weddings, 
don't exist. Birthday parties all of a sudden don't exist. Celebrations all of a sudden don't exist. All these things that you used to do just don't exist. So it's really hard to sit back and say, all right, well, I know we've canceled everything, but send your students to school and help out with their homework. It's like, look, I'm just trying to make it through this damn thing. So I don't know what the answer is for the school. I really don't. I think if I was king of the universe, oh, what a universe that would be. If I was king of the universe, I think my answer would be delay it until Labor Day and hope that things figure themselves out. But the answer, I'll tell you what the answer is not. This is one of the few things that technology has not solved. The, The answer is not remote learning. If you do remote learning, if we had to do, if we truly had to do remote learning, you might as well completely cancel school and completely figure out a new curriculum because it's not going to work. You can't have, you can't force students from different social classes to use uh, the same technologies to learn something remotely when, when the kids' attention spans or even just t- people's attention spans are shrinking by the second. We went from YouTube to Vine to TikTok. All right, that's how our brains are working. We went from full-length documentaries. Titanic was a three-hour movie. Titanic was a three-hour movie that took however much millions of dollars to do. And then we got Addison Rae doing TikToks that last four seconds and cost no money to do. We're, we're, people's minds are changing. Kids' minds are changing. So if you're going to do the remote learning, if we have to do that, then we have to change it all. We can't just... Fill our kids' backpack with, you know, the normal pink erasers, uh, book covers, send them to school, and hope that it's all all right. I think that's pretty naive. I understand that we should, we, we have to try, but I'm not surprised at all that schools are seemingly kind of being ripped apart here. And this is kind of like how it was at the beginning of the quarantine, where like Florida tried to open back up and it didn't work and they couldn't shut themselves back down. So then what do you do? You know, like school, we tried the schools thing. Okay, it didn't work. Now what? Do we just push through? Do we just keep sending students, staff, and, and uh, you know, teachers back to school and push through this thing? Or do we have to shut it down again after a week or two weeks and try and figure something else out? I, I, I don't know the answer. I really don't. But it is a very complex situation, and it's worrisome to see another societal construct, another norm of society fall down speaking of closures so i said i was gonna stop doing this but college football is starting to fall monday on monday show it was just being talked about that maybe college football is gonna be canceled and now we're seeing the big 10 and the pac-12 uh postpone their football so they there will not be football in the fall from the pac-12 or the big 10 at least I think the Big 12 has said they are going to play, and I'm sure the SEC probably is already playing. The SEC might just play Alabama versus Auburn for 10 weeks in a row. They don't give a shit. They're playing football. I can guarantee you that. And this is, this is you talk about layers. You talk about layers of, of stuff to get through is this college football thing. So let's just start at the very, very, very lowest layer of how do you deal with colleges? And that kind of that kind of goes with our high school thing. Like colleges, you're probably closer to being able to do just remote learning because they're adults, and you know it, it's just a little different. It's not it's not teaching 
your basic things into a seven-hour day. You know, college is already kind of broken up. So remote learning could be more possible there. But then you have these giant campuses. What do these giant campuses do? And, you know, the idea of Ivy League. So if you're going to Harvard, but you're going to Harvard online, are you really going to Harvard? If you're going to Harvard online, you might as well go somewhere, go somewhere else online. So college as a whole is under a real magnifying glass of how to actually do that. Then you have the dorms and, and the scholarships and the students, you know, the, the students traveling to your campus, students from all over the place, living there, uh, commune eating, commune shower, stuff like that. So college is a bag of worms on its own. Then you get to the athletics. Okay, here we go. Let's peel back the first layer. What the hell are college athletics? In my opinion, college athletics are a business. In my opinion, college athletics are pretty close to professional athletics. When did that happen? Well, it happened whenever college coaches started making $10 plus million a year. It started happening whenever places like ESPN own the networks to the SEC network, the Big 12, or the Texas network, things like that. Once that happened, we started getting the college football playoffs, the Heisman, the presentation, all of that. Once that happened, it became a business. Now, they're not paid. College athletes are not paid. But James, but James, they're paid with their education. Shut your mouth. That is one of the dumbest arguments ever. And it, it is said, I think it's like every time that that is said, uh, Kirk Herbstreet gets his wings. Every time you hear someone say that athletes are paid with a free education, delete them from your phone. That should be tested like the coronavirus. If somebody says college athletes are, are paid and they're paid with a free education, they should have a nasal swab shoved up their nostrils and they should be tested for stupid. And then they should be thrown into some kind of mental institution. It is the dumbest thing ever, and it's always thrown out there. So we're not even going to address that, because I know my podcast audience is smart. Why are they smart? Because they listen to this podcast. They're very well informed, and they, they're all about critical thinking and WAP. And I know I don't have to explain why that is a stupid argument. But these athletes aren't paid. But college athletes, or college athletics, is the bridge between getting big paid, or as me and my fellow non-boomers say, grabbing the bag. To grab the bag, you gotta get from college. You gotta get from the college athletics part to the pros. How do you think Joe Burrow feels uh, at, at LSU, or how do you feel, how do you think Joe Burrow's checking account feels at LSU and now at Cincinnati? What's the difference between that? I'll give you uh, one hint: one year, one season. If that gets canceled, if Joe Burrow loses that senior season, he doesn't get drafted. He doesn't get taken first overall. He doesn't win the Heisman. He's not the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. He doesn't sign a first overall contract. Think about how different Joe Burrow's life is if coronavirus hits one year earlier. When you think about that kind of stuff, you think about really the impact that postponing a season has. It's not just a club. This isn't just a club sport. This isn't just for fun. These are real financial decisions, real life decisions happening. If you postpone a student's, just a student, just your average business major, if you postpone his freshman year and say, hey, man, you got to remote learn, you, you know, you're not coming to class for a year, figure your stuff out online, we have online courses set up, hopefully you can return to campus in 2021. It really doesn't affect him too much, or her, whatever. It does not affect them too much. Because they can probably still get their credits, 
They may be a couple credits behind depending on the, the online learning. But all in all, it really won't do that much. But if you tell these college athletes who are on a very thin time clock that they cannot play for a season, that is, I mean, black and white. It, it could not be any more different. So to stop these athletes from playing is pretty rash. I mean, it's, it's pretty tough to do, to be honest with you. And I think the answer is some kind of bubble. My, my answer is always the bubble. It seems like the bubble works. It, to me, it seems like the bubble is working. If you look at the NBA, if you look at the UFC, if you look at all these places, not you, Major League Baseball, not looking at you, if you look at the bubble, it seems like the bubble works. Major League Soccer. So if we postpone college football to the spring and we prepare these conference bubbles, now it's, it's crazy to think about because it's a lot of people. It's a lot of schools. But if we prepare just a conference bubble, and if the conference doesn't want to do it, the conference doesn't want to do it, and you should be allowed to transfer. That's how I think it should be. So let's say you have a Power 5 bubble. So you've got five bubbles. Now, look, this isn't a perfect system, all right? I understand the idea that, hey, man, whoa, what the hell? If only the Power 5 has football, if only the Power 5 has games, these other conferences are going to, are going to crumble. These other conferences aren't going to make it. They can't survive without the, the funding and the money that they would get from a season. Look, I feel you. I'm just trying to think of an answer. I'm trying to think of anything. I'm trying to think of anything besides canceling. So let's say you have a bubble, and you have the the Power Five bubble, and there's a bubble per conference, and that's it. You don't do bowl games. You don't you don't do your national championship. You just have uh, your conference champion, I guess you could say. But at least the kids get to play. And if they want to, if people want to transfer, they can transfer. If you open something up, something up like that, maybe we could at least have some kind of college football. But I don't think we will have anything, anything that resembles colleges playing games, traveling around, and going back to campuses. I just do not think that's going to happen. I hate it. I hate it. Because, like I said, for these kids, this is this is their life. And to watch these kids' lives be, I mean, it's almost like postponing their life or canceling their life. A lot of these kids are banking on getting drafted. A lot of these kids are banking on one season, another season. I mean, they've done all they had to do to get to Ohio State, to get to to get to uh, USC, to get to UCLA, to get to uh, Michigan, and now they don't get a chance to do anything. So, yeah, I, I really, it's kind of the same thing with the schools where if you're looking at it, you just can't do it. You can't do the normal college football thing. You could you could try and do the, the NFL thing. Because like I said, it's 32 teams. These are pro athletes. Bubble them up. But with college, you're talking about 150 schools. How the hell are you going to bubble all those students? You can't. So you got to bubble them in their conferences. But then you have all these conferences. And you know some of these schools just can't afford to do that as far as like sending their students to the bubble and housing and whatever. So is it a Power 5 thing? Is that even fair? I'm just trying to offer some kind of solution, and and a bubble seems to be the solution, or maybe even a regional bubble. Like, hey, you play five games, just at least get some games in, play five games to your super close regional people, whether they're conference or not. Kind of have a bubble in that situation, and then go from there. I I mean, those have to be explored. Uh, I think if you delay it to the spring, you explore those options. At least you give yourself a chance. 
versus just canceling, versus just postponing the whole season. It's somewhere in the middle. It's not just play. The answer isn't just, hey, YOLO, you know, football's football. We need football. That's not the answer. The answer isn't just let them go smack each other and go back to campus. That's not it. But I don't think it's also canceling outright. I don't know. It's it's tough. I mean, it's you're the in, the college athletics is already something that's really hard to grasp because of the idea that you know these students should they be getting or these athletes should should they be getting paid? I've always said yes. I've always said I, I've said it a million times. I've never wavered on this. An athlete should get paid for their likeness. If they're in a video game, if they're on a if they're signing autographs, if they're selling jerseys, if whatever should get paid 100%. They should not get paid a salary. They should not get paid to be on the team. They should get paid for whatever they make, whatever they can do on their own. They're, they should own their likeness, bottom line. The quarterback for Ohio State should not be paid a per diem or something that the diving a diving uh, athlete from Stanford is getting paid. It shouldn't be a blanket student-athlete thing. It should be, okay, you're Johnny Manziel. You're selling 100,000 jerseys with the number two on it to Texas A&M. You should get. You should be compensated for that, for sure, for sure. So, different can of worms. But I, when you know, I don't want to say I told you so, but a while ago I said, hey, we're not having college football, and it doesn't look like we are. Another news for right there with the football thing: um, the New Orleans Saints announced today that the first home game will be played without fans, so we will not have fans at the first Saints home game. Not surprising again, but super sad. This is something else, guys. It's kind of shocking to me. Like, we talk about this, or we have talked about this, and we have practiced this, this idea of quarantine, this idea of do your part. Do your part. Wear your mask. Wash your damn hands. You know, don't be taking body shots off of somebody. Don't funnel at the beach with 15 people. This isn't hard. Don't go to the buffets. Let's just try and take care of this thing. And what do we see? Fourth of July parties. People funneling. People playing beer pong all over the place on a boat. People you know, going out, not wearing masks, at, saying it's a hoax. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, can you believe we're not having college football? What? Yes, I can believe we're not having college football, you idiot. Florida just had 15,000 cases in one day. What are you talking about? Yes, I sure can believe that. I just saw a Instagram Snapchat or an Instagram story of four girls on at the island riding an inflatable swan and they're taking truly shots off of each other's back. Yes. Yes, I actually can believe that. I just watched a grown man play flip cup with another grown man and shoot fireworks. Yeah, I actually can believe there's not going to be a college football season. What, what, what do you mean? Uh, the, the mayor of this city is saying that coronavirus is a hoax. Yes, I can believe it. You know, it's like one of those deals where I feel like we wanted to have our cake and eat it too. We wanted to, you got to draw your line in the sand. The people who were like, coronavirus is a hoax. Hey man, you can believe that, but we're canceling something else. We're canceling something else. College football, Saints home games, canceling this, canceling schools, canceling this. You can believe it's a hoax. But you can't believe it's a hoax, and then when they turn around and cancel college football, you get you go, well, what the hell? Where's my tailgating? Sorry, brother. Good luck believing in the hoax. There used to be like this saying or whatever, whenever people would say they were atheists, and it was like, yeah, 
I, it's just a, like I'd rather believe and be wrong than not believe, get up to the pearly gates and be wrong. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of how this coronavirus thing is where you're really going out on a limb to just be like, not real, because it doesn't matter. Whether you believe it's real or not, we're still seeing these, you know, we're still seeing the consequences and we're all feeling them. I mean, now we're getting five, six months into this. Uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas is only a few months away. If we're sitting here and it's like, oh, uh, the Macy's Day Parade has been canceled. Oh, uh, no football on Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, Christmas is canceled. Like all this stuff. And we're going to be sitting here going, holy shit. Nine months, six months, a year, a year and a half, two years. Like this thing is really real. And whether you think the numbers are inflated or whether you think, you know, it's just a flu virus or whatever, or whether you think it's from China, doesn't matter. We are losing things at a rapid rate. We are flat out losing things. Uh, Thomas Keller, uh, celebrity chef, he just announced the closure of a few of his restaurants in, uh, in New York. And it's not because the restaurants are doing poorly. It's because of this pandemic. As this thing goes longer, I am telling all of you, and if you've been listening to this podcast, you know I'm going to be right. I'm telling you. We are going to be losing things. At this point now, Six months into this, it's at the point where if you're a business owner or if you're whatever, a corporation, and you're looking at the outlook of all this, you're going, well, shit, I'm shutting it down. I just read something else before I got on the air that Uber was stopping production or Uber was thinking about stopping their services or whatever, however they phrased it. And you're starting to see stuff just flat out go away. I mean, think about how things different, how different things were a year ago. Oh, you want to go to this midnight premiere of this movie? What movies? Every movie's being delayed. I mean, you, you want to go out for your birthday? You want to go bachelorette party, bachelor party? Gone, gone, don't exist. You want to have this wedding? Doesn't exist. I can't tell you how many people I know who have weddings in October, November, December who are postponing them, who are canceling them, who are changing them to a 20-person kind of just intimate thing. Are, are the days of, are the, are the normal days gone? Is this really the future? Are we living in the future? Because when I look around and I see people acting like it's no big damn deal and acting like they're on spring break and acting like everything's cool and going out to the bar and posting all over their Instagram stories, when I see people doing that and I see the numbers skyrocketing, 10,000 a day, 2,000 a day, 5,000 a day, when when we used to have 10 a day, 15 a day, six months ago, and I'm staring at Christmas and New Year's and all this in the face, I'm not too confident that we're about to kick this thing. I'm not too confident this is going to go away. I just heard on the news that they were saying that this mask, like the, the mask requirement, the current state that we're in right now, they're saying that this could be the norm for 18 to 22 months. And when you think about that, and you think about, oh my God, he's talking about two years. Two years of your life. Can you imagine if two years from now, it's still like, yep, all the restaurants are closed, all the bars are closed, um, no gatherings, uh, uh, social distancing. Uh, you know, in two years, what do you think this world is going to look like? I mean, we're talking about it now, and we're just we're just hitting the start of. And eh, school's canceled, college football's canceled, uh, March Madness is canceled, baseball is like the fifteenth straight day that baseball's had a game postponed because of coronavirus. I don't want to be all doom and gloom here. 
But as stuff starts to fall, as stuff starts to fall and numbers go up, it's not going in the right direction. You know, things at this point, things should be reopening and numbers should be going down. And newsflash, they ain't. Speaking of a newsflash, imagine a breaking news alert. Boom. Man injured by 18-wheeler. Sideswipe. T-boned. 18-wheeler. Driver. Asleep at the wheel. What do you think? Man, I hope that guy's okay. Man, I hope that guy has a good legal team behind him. Man, I hope that guy gets what he deserves. That's what you should be thinking, right? That's what I'm thinking. But what I'm really thinking is, man, I hope once that guy rolls off the side of the road, wakes up after out of his coma, gets his life together, remembers what universe he's in, I hope he remembers this number, 601-450-1715. And I hope he tells the people at MacHard, MacHard, Anderson & Associates, PLLC, that James Scrimetta sent him, and he heard about their services on the James Scrimetta Show pro- podcast because they will move him to the front of the line, and he will get the red velvet rope VIP service that he deserves. Car wrecks, 18-wheeler collisions, wrongful death, bad faith insurance claims, fire loss, termite damage, offshore injuries, employment discrimination, and contract business disputes. Is there anything that MacHard, MacHard, Anderson, and Associates, PLLC, cannot do? The answer is yes. They cannot put some scummy-ass billboard advertisement up. They cannot do it. What else can't they do? They can't screw their clients out of money. What else can't they do? They cannot tell their clients 15 minutes or less. They cannot tell their clients one call, that's all. They cannot tell their clients one click, that's it. What can they do? Offer the best service, the best negotiation, the best litigation, whatever you need, the best representation, all the Tatians, all the Asians. They got it. They are truly the best in the game, the Hattiesburg-based Law Offices of MacHard, MacHard, Anderson & Associates, PLLC, the presenting sponsor of this podcast. Nobody does an ad read like me. The segue, the ad read off the top of the dome, no script. Think about it. They have been our presenting sponsor the entire year, and we thank them for that. Our show has had explosive growth, and people ask me all the time about the services of MacHard, MacHard, Anderson & Associates, PLLC. Not every day do people get t-boned by an 18-wheeler but a lot of days you will see people dealing with wrongful death insurance claims fire loss termite damage stuff like that happens and when stuff like that happens i promise you you want to have the the entire law office not just one person the whole damn office of macard macard anderson associates plc behind you again 601-450-1715 is the number the website, MacHardLaw.com, M-C-H-A-R-D-L-A-W.com. They are our presenting sponsor. You guys, the, Monday, we were joking around. Monday, we were having a goof. We were having a gaff. We were having some fun. Everyone knows that. We were having a little fun. Y'all had fun, right? I had fun. And we opened the show talking about Kylie Jenner, or not Kylie Jenner, excuse me. We opened the show talking about Meg The Stallion and Cardi B, their new song, WAP. I knew the song was going to be, you know, talked about as Cardi B, it's Meg Thee Stallion, it's vulgar, it's provocative. I knew that was going to happen, right? I did not know we were going to face the backlash that it is facing. All of these, uh, dude, like, I just don't understand why people are so concerned with stuff like this. This is 2020 just in a nutshell. When we open the show today with the Robin Williams joke, Look, it's a joke. 
Okay? Humor is derived out of loss. Humor is derived out of tragedy. I don't need some some snowflake talking to me about why it's not funny or why it's whatever, you know, rude or it doesn't matter. When you hear people complaining about the vulgarity of Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion's song, it's just kind of sad. And everyone's favorite internet nerd, Ben Shapiro, is right in the front of this. Ben Shapiro reacted to WAP, and he reacted to the vulgarity. So let's go ahead and play the clip of Ben Shapiro reacting to WAP. Whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. Hold up. I said certified freak seven days a week. Wet ass P word. Make that pullout game weak. Yeah, you effin' with some wet ass P word. P word is female genitalia. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass P word. Give me everything you got for this wet ass P word. Beat it up N word. Catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this P word right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I want to ride. I do a kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This P word is wet, come take a dive. It continues uh, along these lines. Uh, and it gets significantly, significantly more vulgar. Like, a, a lot more vulgar. Talk your S word, bite your lip. Ask for a call while you ride that D word. You really ain't never gonna F him for a thing. He already made his mind up before he... Came. Now get your boots and your coat for this wet-ass P-word. Pay my tuition just to kiss me on this wet-ass p Right, so this is, de- guys, this, this is what feminists fought for. This is what the feminist movement was all about. It's not, uh, it, it's not really about, you know, women being treated as independent, full, rounded human beings. It's about wet-ass P-word. And if you say anything differently, it's because you're a misogynist, you see. Uh, it gets really, uh, really, 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 really vulgar. This did no favors to Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro looks as square as square gets. A man's could be in a box of cinnamon toast crunch. He's so damn square. Look, not everything has to be about voter rights. Not everything has to be about Harriet Tubman. Not everything has to be about you know historical context. Sometimes, bottom line, you want to mob up with your boys. Mob up with your girls, listen to some trap music, and do hood rat things with your friends. It happens, all right? What do I like to do? You know, we we talk all kinds of stuff on this show. We talk politics. We talk societal norms. We talk all kinds of... I'm all all about some deep, deep, deep Jules Verne-level conversations. If you don't understand, that's a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Jules Verne's the author. It's deep, deep conversations. Don't make me spell this all out for you, ladies and gentlemen. It's 11 o'clock on a Wednesday. I can't be doing that to you right now. I'm all for deep conversation. What I'm also for is listening to Nuck If You Buck by Crime Mob, drinking malt liquor, and watching my friends do tricks smoking jewels as we're on the way to a casino dressed in joggers and short sleeve button-up shirts. That's what I like to do sometimes. Or that's what I I used to like to do. Now that doesn't even happen. If I want to listen to Waka Flocka Flame while I'm shotgunning a Trulies, I'm going to do it. I don't need someone to tell me, man, have you heard the lyrics to Waka Flocka Flame songs? Have you heard the lyrics to Nuck If You Buck? How, do you think that that uh, lines up with the protest currently happening in Portland? Shut your mouth. Here we go. Here's some lyrics to Nuck If You Buck. 
stomping, jumping, bumping, and we crunk off in this damn thing, throwing them bows up at these hoes. They screaming, they bleeding from their nose. That's what I'm all about. I don't need Ben Shapiro to ask me. Well, I mean, do you think that? Uh, do you think that Martin Luther King Jr. would have really appreciated those lyrics right there? I don't care right now, Ben Shapiro. I'm off the henny, son. I'm drinking henny and uh, uh, hip hypno, hypnotic and henny. Okay, I don't need to hear what you have to say about WAP, Ben Shapiro. I'm ordering a round of Vegas bombs for me and my boys. We're mobbing out of control. All right. Do you not see my shirt? Everyone, everyone has a going out shirt, short sleeve button up, crazy shit all over the shirt, palm trees. It, it could be anything. It could be anything, right? It's just so funny to me that I see this kind of stuff where now WAP is under fire. And I'm not saying that WAP shouldn't like. I'm not. I'm not saying that we should replace the national anthem with WAP. I'm not. Sh- I'm not saying that people should be getting married to WAP. I'm not saying that people should. Uh, be turning around here and just having WAP played at funerals or whatever. Is it a gross song? Is it some nasty language? Is it uh, scantily clad women? I mean, Cardi B is wearing a, a leopard leotard with holes cut out for her nipples. Like, yeah, it's a gross song, but gross songs happen. I remember when I was, oh man, probably 13 years old, Nelly came out with a song called Tip Drill. The music video was so raunchy, they couldn't even play it on, e- on uh, MTV. It was explicit. It was like, whatever, X-rated. You couldn't even find the video unless you had a BearShare account. And, I, and I'm not going to admit to anything here, but I knew some people with BearShare accounts, and I saw the video, and I'm fine. I saw the tip drill video, and I'm a registered voter who's voted in every election. We're all good, right? We're all good. WAP is not destroying the uh, you know, female construct. WAP is not ruining women's rights. It, it's so... I like Ben Shapiro. I, I'm all for smart intellectual conversation. But sometimes, man, you just got to get out of your own bubble. You just got to get out of your own damn way. You know, Ben Shapiro or anybody who's listening to WAP and screaming, get off my lawn, is just boomering themselves into a different stratosphere. You know, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to have a beer with Ben Shapiro because of his response to WAP. I'm not saying you got to go to strip clubs all the time, but I don't trust a guy who hasn't been in a strip club. You got to experience something sometimes. You got to just some hey man, sometimes, dude, just sometimes you got to black out, order, you know, order some late night pizza and live a little bit. It's just how it is. And I'm not a woman, you know, so I'm not like twerking my shit all over the place, listening to WAP with rollers in my hair. But if girls want to do that, if ladies want to do that, if they want to be on a bachelorette party and play WAP and get crazy, or if strippers want to dance, I, I don't care. I do not care. We, I, I, look, we talk about critical thinking and deep stuff on this, on this podcast all the time. There's a time and a place for that, absolutely. I don't think you should be reading Ulysses every single day. I don't think you should be only watching Schindler's List. All right. I think that there is a time and a place for garbage television. There is a time and a place for acting unruly. There is a time and a place for Waka Flocka Flame. There is a time and a place for Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B. All right. Have a little fun out there. Loosen up a little bit. Life is so damn short. And if we know it now more than ever, life is really just whatever you want it to be. So don't make yourself miserable 
acting like a hall monitor 24-7. All right, right now, crank up some damn WAP, whatever you got in your house. You got some wine in your house, some beer in your house. Just let it rip. Let it rip, crank up WAP, and, and go for it. And one more thing on WAP, and I promise this might, hopefully this is the last time we'll talk about this on the podcast. Um, Kylie Jenner is in WAP. She has a little weird cameo. A few people have cameos. And Kylie Jenner is getting a ton of shit for it. A ton of shit. Uh, for two reasons. The first reason is people are saying that it's cultural appropriation because it's, you know, Cardi B, Meg Thee Stallion. Um, there's a bunch of other people. Uh, Normani. Uh, so everyone in there is uh, black except for Kylie Jenner. Uh, newsflash. Do you idiots not listen to the podcast? Whoever's making these criticisms, the the Jenners and the Kardashians are every single culture at the same time. I've seen Kylie Jenner. If you asked me what ethnicity Kylie, Kylie Jenner is, I'm not even sure what I would say. It ain't white, I'll tell you that much. It, it's like a Persian kind of thing going on here. But we all know they transcend cultures. Kylie Jenner, Kim Kardashian, Khloe Kardashian, they, they've all been there. Look, Kylie Jenner... Is more is probably more black than Cardi B. I, all she's got to do is change her hair. One day, boom. If if Kylie Jenner wanted to be uh, more more black than Cardi B, she could be, but hundred percent. She just calls up her makeup people. She calls up her plastic surgeon. She calls up her hair people. She could come out tomorrow looking like Beyonce in the Lemonade video. All right, she like Kylie Jenner knows no bounds. So to box Kylie Jenner up or Kim Kardashian up or whoever up and throw them to one cultural area, wake up, critics. But the second reason is people are just flat out, and, and we'll, well, we'll, we'll end the show. It's kind of funny that like we're talking about WAP, but we're going to end the show with the vice president situation. But this is the last thing we'll say about this. They hate Kylie Jenner because people have a real problem with success, and a lot of the times a really successful person forces other people to kind of like reflect on themselves and instead of being like oh wow this is a 20 something year old self-made or not self-made but 20 something year old billionaire who's you know attractive or whatever and has a makeup company and she's in this music video and she's got this instagram whatever instead of just being like hey man hey uh props you know good for you instead of that people just hate lebron james faces this lebron james is probably the most hated athlete on the planet and LeBron James is also one of the only athletes who's never had a negative story about him at all. Now, I know the Hong Kong stuff was pretty bad. Fine. And he is a goob. Fine. But he doesn't. He gets a lot of his hate because people just don't like uber success. They don't like people who just always seem to win. Tom Brady, the same way. Tom Brady's probably the most hated quarterback to ever play the game. And the only reason that's the case is because he always wins. So I'm seeing all this critique, all this hate for Kylie, and I'm no Kylie stan, like, you know, I'm not simping out of my mind over here. I'm just trying to put into perspective why that she's receiving this criticism and why you're seeing this much, you know, hate and backlash. And it's that's the reason. People just do not like success. They don't like people who just win or, or people who are put in these winning situations. People make people feel like successful people are somehow tearing down normal people. That's why people watch 
reality television and shows like The Biggest Loser or, you know, shows like The Bachelor because it makes you feel like whatever the hell is going on in your life it is okay because it's not as bad as whatever's going on in these people's worlds. All right. The Biggest Loser makes people feel okay about themselves because they ain't on the show. All right. That's why reality TV took off. People want to watch train wrecks so that they don't, so that their own personal train wrecks don't seem like that, don't seem that bad. Why do you think people love Tiger King so much? We watched Tiger King, or the whole world watched Tiger King, because they could sit back in the middle of a pandemic and go, you know what, man? My shit ain't that bad because I'm not them. That is the basis for reality TV, is that you can internally compare your life, compare your situation, compare your settings, and go, all right, we're okay. You can't do that with some of these people. You can't look at LeBron James or Tom Brady or Kylie Jenner and go, you know what? My shit's okay. It makes you go, damn, what the hell am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I not in that situation? And then you resent it, and then you get angry and bitter, and you hate it. And I'm not saying everyone does that. Some people just can, some people can separate the two. No problem. I have no problem, you know, with these people. But the battery on my camera is running low, it looks like. So we're going to wrap this up. But that is... That is uh, my thoughts on the WAP thing. Last thing, Joe Biden selected his vice president, Kamala Harris, uh, wetfart.gif, who cares? Uh, Kamala Harris is about as boring as it gets as far as the nomination. Um, we knew it was going to be a woman. We knew it was going to be an African-American. No surprise there. I think there was only some holdout for Michelle Obama. I think some people were hoping maybe Michelle could get it if Michelle got it. Could she swing things? Could she maybe make this a little more interesting? Bottom line, guys, Joe Biden is not mentally competent. I don't think he can run. I totally understand people who are like, I'm voting for anyone but Trump. I did the same thing with Hillary. So I know if you're on that side, I ain't talking you out of nothing. I really don't care who you vote for, and you shouldn't care who I vote for. As long as you put some research and some critical thinking into whoever you vote for, hey, man, have at it. Vote for me. I really don't care. We're in a complete collapse of society as we know it. I don't think it really matters in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Kamala Harris is not swinging anybody. I don't think Kamala Harris is taking any voters that were on the fence over to Biden's side. Um, I think Biden, the only way he wins is if this pandemic continues through the election and Biden never has to debate. If Biden has one debate, he will get blown out because he cannot go 10 minutes without saying some crazy ass shit. So I don't think he's presidential material. I understand that he's a puppet. I understand that he is being put up by more powerful people. And I understand that a lot of people don't like Donald Trump either. Totally get it. Worst two candidates we could have possibly had. America's in a bad spot. Thank you very much for listening to the James Comedy Show podcast. I appreciate that. Have a great Thursday. Have a great rest of your week. And I will see you here on Monday for the best podcast really in the whole world, the James Comedy Show. Are you listening? Damn.